How you doing, Wessel? I'm good. All right. So, why don't we pray, and then we'll start talking. Sound good? You want to dial or hang up? I'll hang up. Okay. Father God, uh, we just pray that you would be with us now as we open your word. Open our hearts. Speak to us through your word and lead us into your will. That you would be glorified through the way we live out your word in our everyday lives. And as we prepare to do that this morning, Lord, we lay at the foot of your cross the burdens of our hearts. That we might be more free to encounter you here through your word today. We give you our sins, our disappointments, and we just thank you for the forgiveness and grace and mercy that are ours in Jesus Christ. We lift to you those relationships in our lives that are strained. We pray for your peace and reconciliation where it is needed. We lift before you those who mourn, and we pray your comfort and peace over your people. We lift before you those we know and love who are sick, and we pray your healing mercies over your people. We thank you for this country and the freedoms which we enjoy as Americans, and we just pray your blessing uh, and over our leaders at every level of government. We ask that you would give them wisdom and discernment in every decision that is before them. We lift up our men and women in uniform, and we pray you would watch over and protect them. We pray especially for those who are in harm's way, that you would bring them home safely, and that would you, you would minister your grace and your peace and comfort to their families as they await their safe return. And Lord, we... Uh, just thank you for this time that you've given us and just pray you would be here uh, by the power of your Holy Spirit. Um, just let me pray, amen. Amen. That's a good hang up. He's a closer. <laughs> awesome. So Wesley, uh, we've been studying in youth group Bible study for the past year, the Shema. The Shema, which is found in? Uh, the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy, chapter? Six. Very good, very good, starting in verse four. And so that, that little passage was given by Moses, and then several thousand years later, right, uh, this guy named Jesus is, is in Jerusalem, and he's being asked a bunch of questions, and he's asked a particular question, basically, what's the most important thing in life? It's kind of the question that he's asked, and he quotes the Shema. And so, can you read to us the encounter that Jesus had with the Pharisees and the lawyers who were trying to sort of uh, get him to say something controversial so they could get him arrested? So they're trying to trap him, and they ask him a question. This is found in the book of Matthew, right? I'm not making that up. Good, yes. Matthew 22, verses 34 through 46. You want to read that for us? Okay. All right. <clears throat> but when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees. Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment uh, in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. 
This is the great and first commandment. A second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On those two commandments, on those two commandments depends all the law and the prophets. Now all the Pharisees are gathered, were gathered together. Jesus asked him a question saying, What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said to him, The son of David. He said to them, How is it then that David the Spirit calls him Lord, saying, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. If David then calls him Lord, how is he his son? And no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. <laughs> okay, so it's a, great, it's a great little picture of, of Christ. You know, he's asked a really deep, serious question to which he gives a very clear answer. This is the first and greatest commandment, which ironically is not one of the commandments. The Shema is not one of the, the actual laws that God prescribed for his people. But he encapsulates basically all of the law in those two little phrases that he gives. And then he asks a question that no one can answer. He's like, you want a trick question? You think you got a good trick question? Watch this. Whose, whose son uh, is the Messiah? What do you think about the Messiah, right? So there's this great exchange, and we'll come back to this exchange towards the end of the message, but um, Jesus, when he answers that question, he's quoting the Shema, the Shema which you want me to read that or you want to read that? You can read it? Okay. So from Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9, this is the bigger context of the Shema that Jesus quotes when he's asked the question, what is the great commandment in the law? Go ahead. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words I command you shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Okay. And so this little passage becomes a very central component of life in Israel. Uh, tell us about the context of the Shema. Where does it come? Why is Moses saying what he's saying now? And what, is it, what does it mean? And what, how does Israel take to heart this little, this little snippet of a, of a passage in its everyday life? So take us into, uh, just sort of set this, the stage for what the Shema is. So the Shema was, so it's a prayer for, um, sorry. Um, the Shema is kind of like a pledge of allegiance for the Jewish people, but also okay. uh, like a hymn of praise for them as well. Okay, and so they would, they would say this twice a day 
as part of their religious life. Sort of like, um, you know, maybe at one point in Christian history, Christians would have said the Lord's Prayer every day. Or when you go to school every morning at morning announcements, the, the speaker comes on in your classroom and the whole class says the Pledge of Allegiance, right? Um, so it sort of worked that way. It was kind of a, a central set of ideas that were repeated daily throughout the life of Israel. Um, so Israel has just come out of what country? Uh, Egypt. Egypt. And they're waiting to go into... The promised land. In yes, Canaan. Canaan or the promised land. And Moses has already, by the time he writes this, he's already written all of the law. He's compiled Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. And then before, right before he dies... This is kind of like his last will and testament. He wants to go over what's most important one more time. So Moses is trying to clarify God's word for God's people when he writes the book of Deuteronomy, right? And the Shema is kind of the thematic center of what he's trying to say, right? So the Shema is a good reminder of what is most important in life and our relationship with God, and what is that one thing that's most important? Look at the very bottom of that page. Love. Love. Very good. Um, so Moses basically says, okay, we've got one God. How many gods were there in Egypt? Many. Many. How many gods were there in Canaan? One. Well, before Israel got there. I don't know. Yes, but a ton, right? Um, every, every little tribe had its own God. And whenever they would go to war, it was like if whoever won would say, ha ha, my God is bigger than your God. Your God's a loser. We get all your stuff. That's how that worked, right? So, okay. Moses says... You've come out of this place where there are you know, dozens of gods, Egypt. You're going into this place where there are hundreds of gods, Canaan. What, what does he want God's people to know and remember? Uh, that he is their one true God. That there's one true God. And what are we supposed to do with that one true God? Love and worship him. Love and worship him. Very good. So the Shema, as you said earlier, becomes a twice-daily prayer in the life of Israel. And I liked your analogy. You actually came up with the whole Pledge of Allegiance thing. I thought that was pretty accurate, right? It's like a Pledge of Allegiance, and it's also a hymn of praise, a hymn of praise that was sung uh, probably every week in, in their weekly worship. And uh, Okay, so we have this little verse that's Moses' summary of what's most important, right? And... Tell us, tell us, take us into what it's trying to emphasize. What are the two big messages that are found in the Shema? It's right there. Right there under that heading. There's a one and there's a two. All right, so uh, that uh, our God is the one and only true God, and uh, we're to love him completely. Yes, that that our, yeah, I know we said that. I'm just trying to get us back onto the outline, which is kind of what I do. Okay. So, yeah, you're good. So Yahweh is the one true God. 
we are called to love him completely. And then, if I may, if you read the, the whole context of that Shema, how are we to love God? His word is to apply to what parts of our lives? What look do you look at the that? end of that passage in Deuteronomy, and you've got um, teach them to your children, talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise, bind them as a sign on your hand, they shall be as frontlets between your eyes, write them on the doorposts of your house and on, the, on your gates. What is he trying to emphasize there? That's very important. Okay, and so God's word should, should have a relationship to everything your hand does, everything your mind thinks about, everything your eyes see. Um, it should relate to your kids. You should, it should be part of your life at home. It should be part of your life at work. It should be part of your life when you're awake, when you're asleep. I mean, he doesn't leave any, any stone unturned, right? Right. Okay. So, and that'll, that'll be important um, later in the, in the discussion. We'll talk about kind of bringing that full circle. But a Jewish family, a devout Jewish family in certain periods of history... Um, they would have they would have had this little bitty box, right? It's called a phylactery, and inside the box would be a copy of a tiny scroll with which had a copy of what on it? Uh, the Shema. The Shema, and they would put that little tiny scroll in the box. They would stick it on their forehead, and they would wrap these leather straps around their head to hold it there, and then they would take another one and they would put it on their back of their hand, and they would take more leather straps, and they would strap it down, and then they would have a little box on the door frame of their house, right? And every time they would come home or leave home, they would stop and kiss that little box, or they, they might just do that. You know, it just depends on how devout they were. And uh, so, as you can see, this passage would have been very... They would have been taken very seriously and sometimes quite literally um, throughout the life of Israel. Do you think that's what God wanted for us to do, was tie little boxes to our foreheads and our hands? No. No? What does he want? Like, he doesn't want us to take it literally, but like... Seriously. Like, seriously, but not too serious where you have boxes everywhere. Right. They might get in the way. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, so take us. You so you picked each of our youth that are doing this this summer. Uh, picked one key word out of the Shema. You picked the word Shema. Shema, brilliant, right? Um, where does the word come from? Like in the Shema, where do you find the word Shema? Well, it's at the it's the very first word. It's the very first it. word in the prayer in the verse, right? And what is Shema? mean means to listen and obey okay and let's take us through some of the possible meanings of the word shema that you see that you've come across in scripture it could mean just Uh, simply hear it or yeah it it could mean like to hear it to pay attention yes so in like uh proverbs 20 verse 12 it says that um god the well ears to hear and eyes to see the lord made them both Right? Right. Okay. And so you can 
It could just mean simply to hear or to, to hear something or to listen to something, right? Okay, take us, keep going. What else can it mean? It can mean to pay attention. Okay, so it's like, hey, listen here, right? Right. Okay, keep going. It can mean to listen and respond. Good. So take me into that. What does that look like? Like someone tells you to do something and you do it. Right. So it means that you actually carry out what, what they said. Saying. You didn't just hear it and sit there like a teenager. I mean like a, uh, yeah. Sorry. Can I repeat that? Okay. No. So I didn't mean that. Um, and and we, have, we have here in parentheses alongside each one of these just different examples in Scripture where you can see the word used in slightly different ways, right? Um, and then so it means to listen and respond or to listen and uh, act. To take immediate action or also in that same connotation to listen and obey. Obey. Which, uh, which of those is the, is the likely meaning of what we find in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4? Listen and obey. To listen and obey, yes. So, to Shema is to hear God's word and to... Keep the covenant. Keep the covenant, right? To be obedient to God's will and to live in the context of your relationship with him. Um, So, Wesley, take us into one of the ways that the Shema is connected to the Messiah. Like the word or the prayer? The prayer, I guess. And and the word, both, right? All right, well, the prayer was... uh, Was that... Sorry. Um, You're good. All right, so the prayer is kind of directly connected to the Messiah because, well... It's a prayer about the Messiah and uh, how to worship him, I guess. And the word Shema, listen and obey, uh, that's also connected to the Messiah because uh, that's what we're supposed to do with his word. We're supposed to listen and obey. Yes, and he is the living word, and he did listen and obey. And Okay, so... You know, you have Jesus when he's asked that question about the most important law. He gives the answer. He quotes the Shema. And then he says, and love your neighbor as yourself. And then he starts talking about the Messiah. Right? So what do you think about the Messiah? Who do you say he is? Whose son is he? And they say, David's. And he's like, how can that be? David called him his Lord. What's going on? Right? So Jesus understood something that in, in close um, association with the Shema is the necessity to recognize the Messiah. Right? Right. If, we, if we're listening and obeying God's word, we will recognize the Messiah. The Messiah. And so there's, you, you and I came across a little parallel in the book of Revelation. Do you remember that? You don't remember that? Okay. Um, so I'm going to read from Revelation chapter 22, verses 1 through 5, and then you're going to tell me what the parallel is. 
All right? Okay. So just to go back and refresh and review, you shall teach them diligently to your children. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Talk about them when you sit at your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise. You shall bind them on, as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. You got that? All right. Now here we're going to go from Revelation 22, verses 1 through 5. The angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, through the middle of the street of the city, also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit each month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. And night will be no more, and they will need no light or lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. So where's the parallel that you see there, the connection point between the Shema and that beautiful scene of heaven? They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. Good. And so, like, are we going to have tattoos? I mean, that'd be cool, but no. (laughs) Okay. I don't think your mother would like that if you just got Jesus tattooed across your forehead. I mean, it'd be hard to argue with a Jesus tattoo, but not on the forehead. Like on the arm, but... Maybe on your arm or something, yeah. Um, So... So, again, should you take that literally? Are we all going to be walking around heaven with Jesus tattoos on our foreheads? No. But what does it, what does it mean? Like, it, it's like figurative, not literal. Good. So where is the forehead figuratively? Where it's supposed to be. Where it's supposed to be. Very good. Um, what's inside here for most people? Brain. Your brain, which you might call your mind. Right? Your mind. So where is this? Uh, forehead. The forehead, which would be at the front of my... Head. Or what's inside my head. Brain. Which some people would call my mind. Right? So right. Jesus will be where? Like, figuratively, like in our heads. Yes, at, on the front of our minds. Yeah. Got it? Okay. And so... That's really the same thing that is being that Moses is trying to communicate in the Shema, that God's word, His living word, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, should be related to everything we touch, everything we do, everything we think about, everything we see uh, when we're home, away, etc. It should be part of our every aspect of our lives. It should be on the front of our mind, right? Okay. Um, so, let's do this. Jesus, after he quotes the Shema, he brings up the Messiah. And so, in your notes, towards the bottom, underneath the, the Revelation passage, yeah, right there at the bottom, last three dots. Can you take us through those real quick? Jesus is the promised lamb who will take away our sins. Yes, and so Jesus realized and recognized that at the, that the Shema, 
is directly connected to him, to the Messiah, right? And he will take away our sins, and what will that do for us? He will free us to fully shema God. So he will free us to fully listen and obey God. Um, Let me ask you a personal question. On a daily basis, do you always listen and obey God's will? Does anyone? Good answer. Good answer. Um, That's kind of the point, right? Is Jesus understands we, we are called to Shema. We're called to listen and obey his word and to love God with every part of who we are. But if you're anything like me, you don't always do that. Yeah, not, it's, it's not really easy to do that. It's not really easy to do that. And that's why we need Jesus, Jesus, his grace, his forgiveness. Good. Um, and so take us into that last point there. In him, we can love God with all our hearts, souls, and might. Okay. It's, it's through Christ listening and obeying God and, and fulfilling the calling of Messiah that we can then be free to listen and obey. And it's, it's in his strength that we have what we need to love God with all our heart, all our soul, and all our mind. And, you know, I was, I was blessed in our time just studying this and talking through this and putting these notes together. I really feel like you have a very good grasp of that really simple truth that this is all about love and that we're not called to be perfect, we're called to put our faith in the one who is perfect, right? Anything you want to add to that conclusion? All right, you want to close us in prayer? I'll try. All right, if, if, you, if, you, uh, if, you, if you mess up, I'll, I'll die, I'll hang up. How's that? All right. Dear God, um, thank you for this day, and just help this word uh, carry through us uh, throughout this week and uh, just uh, help the word of God uh, live through us throughout our lives and uh, maybe help us spread to other people as well. Good prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. That's a good prayer. I did, I did hang up. Yeah, I'm a closer. I learned from you. All right, hey, good job. All right.